You are listening to Koinonia Church, where we are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. God is good all the time. You made a good decision to be in church this morning. Man, those baptisms wrecked me. That was an amazing, amazing baptism service. I think we made a good decision to, uh, to do baptisms more often and to be able just to hear some of those incredible testimonies. I just, I just felt like uh, the word was being declared this morning. Everybody preached the message for me. And so uh, hopefully that means that Pastor Andrew goes shorter this morning. Somebody say amen for that. I'm saying amen to that. Uh, we're, we're in a series that I just started last week uh, since it's the new year called uh, First See It, and we're talking about the vision that God has for our lives in the new year. We know it's a tradition that at the beginning of every year that people tend to do New Year's resolutions. Uh, they want to lose weight, get back in the gym, start to eat a little bit healthier, uh, maybe learn something new, get in a class, so many different things that, uh, that we're inspired to do at the beginning of the year, and uh, I think that's wonderful. I think New Year's resolutions are great. Uh, I think we realize that many times they're not very successful, uh, that by the time uh, we get three or four weeks into the year, we've already sort of failed and given up on our New Year's resolutions, and partially that's because uh, we get inspired for the moment, but we don't have a strategy to sort of carry us forward into the future. Uh, And and so as we start the new year out in 2024, I just want to encourage you that God does have a vision for your life. God does have some good things in store for you. God does want you to grow. He wants you to change. He wants you to get healthier. He wants you to learn some new things. He wants you to establish some new patterns in your life and overcome bad habits and things that, are, that have been broken in, inside of you. That's actually from him because he's a person that desires you to grow and to change. But it's so important for us to understand how to cooperate with him. It doesn't, it doesn't require or, or it does, it's not successful just for us to have a momentary moment of, of inspiration. We really have to have something longer in mind. We have to have the power of God that's behind, uh, be, behind that and motivating us to, to move forward into what he has. We, we heard that in the tank over and over again as, as people said, listen, as I start the new year, I want to see God's fullness in my life. Uh, I want to see all that he has. I, I want you to reach out for that this morning. I want you to be the kind of person that says today, you know, God, I, I do in fact want, I want what you want for my life. And maybe you don't even have that vision this morning. Maybe you don't really understand what God wants for you. I would, I would just encourage you even today, just even kind of right, right now in, in your seat, that you would just sort of whisper to God, Lord, w- would you reveal your heart to me? Like, would you reveal what you want to do in my life to me? I, I want to tell you God has good things in store for you. God desires good things for you in your life. Uh, the, the, the scripture says that, that he's the one that has made you an overcomer that he's the one that's given you his favor, that, that his plans for you actually are, are beautiful and wonderful, that he's making your life into something, uh, in, into something beautiful and, and lovely. And, and he loves to do that because he's in the business of taking people that are just ordinary, normal people and, and actually making their life into something that, that uh, gives him glory. And other people look at that and they go, wow, I, I, want, I want a little bit of what that person has. That, that's what I want this morning. I hope that's what... You, what you want. And so last week I, I just kind of started and, and talked a little bit about that idea of having God's vision. And many times you have to see it before you see it. You have to have a vision in your mind many times before you can see the reality of it come about. And so often we live 
uh, with little expectation and little vision for our lives. And I believe that God wants you to see it. He wants to give you a vision. He wants to give you a dream. He wants to give you purpose in your life. It is, I, I believe that the Lord wants you to reach out for more of him. I, want, I believe he wants you to reach out for, for change in your family. That, that your, the patterns that you have received from your parents and maybe even generationally that you see as you look back on your family lineage, that he actually wants to see those things change and move forward into some, something beautiful and good for you that, that's actually going to change generations to come because of the work that God is going to do uh, in your life. And so what is that vision that God has for you today? I want you to grab I want you to grab a hold of it. I, I reminded us last week just very quickly about the, the, the thing that is our North Star at Koinonia Church. At the beginning of the year, we always like to do that as we talk about his purposes. His purposes for our church uh, is that we would ignite contagious faith in the one God that restores all. That's a phrase that we use a, as a kind of vision statement right now that describes who we are in this house and in this church. Is it there on the screen? All right, can we all say that together in a loud voice? One, two, three. We are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. Would you do it one more time? Igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all. I want to tell you, I believe that's God's vision for the house of Koinonia. That when God looks at you as a part of the house of Koinonia, this is your church home, that he wants you to be the kind of person that is so full of his spirit, that is so living according to to what he has for you, that the people that are around you would be ignited by that. That There was something that happened in the tanks this morning as people were being baptized. It was something that was contagious. It was something that was infectious. It was like, I, I, want, I wanted what those people were experiencing in the tank, didn't you? I, I wanted to be closer to the Lord. I wanted to hear his voice. We saw, as they began to tell of their experience of what God had done in their lives, I, I, I'm thinking, man, yeah, that's right. I, I do want to hear God's voice, and, and I want to be changed by him. And I was encouraged and inspired. I, there was something that was catching because of what they had expressed about their love for the Lord. That is what we are called to be as a people. If, if you're a part of Koinonia Church, I want you to know your charge, your responsibility, your call is to ignite contagious faith. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to know everything in the Bible. It doesn't mean you have to be the Bible answer man or, or answer woman. It, it doesn't mean that you have to live a perfect life. What it means is, is that you have to pursue Jesus individually and begin to seek his face and say yes to him day after day after day. If you do that, what you'll discover is that your life suddenly becomes exciting. If you're living a boring life, let me just tell you, start following Jesus. He will wreck you. He will mess you up. He will take you in places you didn't expect, and it will be the most incredible, exciting, wonderful experience that you have ever had. Why? Because he's a God of the new. He's a God of life. He's a God that takes things that were impossible, makes them possible. He's a God that saves families. He restores marriages. He heals bodies. He does things that we could never imagine that are better than anything we could imagine. Why? Because that's who he is. So people that follow him end up being pretty exciting people. So if you're boring, if your life is boring this morning, let me just encourage you, it's time to start igniting contagious faith. Get it ignited inside of you. Begin to, to be excited about following the Lord, and you'll discover that he's got something great for you, and, and, and he's going to do something great with your life. Now, the five values that we often talk about, I'm just going to mention them. I don't want to take a long time uh, with them this morning, but every once in a while as we gather, many times in smaller meetings, I will throw out the little challenge. Uh, Pastor Andrew will say, I got 20 bucks for the person that can tell us our five 
core values. Uh, and uh, there's not very many people that give that 20 bucks. So if you want to get 20 bucks next time that we're together, if that possibility ever happens, then, then, then you just might take a note here and write these things down just real fast, right? These are the five values that are hallmarks for us at this church. We believe that Jesus is everything. That's the foundational principle uh, of what we do at Koinonia Church is that it is all really about Jesus. We can spend all our time doing a great church, having a great worship service, having nice music and doing wonderful programs, maybe even doing some great things in the community. If Jesus is not the center of what we do, then we have missed the point. Because Jesus is the only, way, only one that can open the door to heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the one that actually draws people to himself. It's not a, a pastor who says nice words up front. It's not based on like me when I preach and somehow I lift my voice in a certain way or use the real clever words that somehow then people are changed and transformed. Jesus is the one that changes and transforms people. He's the one that actually brings people to know him. And, and so when we're investing our lives, we have to be investing our lives in the cause of Jesus. And we are, he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else is gonna follow after that. And that's what we're to be about. Secondly, we're about the idea that people matter. I want you to know this morning, if you're a person, you're a person, you matter. There are no unimportant people in the kingdom of God. There are no unimportant people. There's no trash people. There's no throwaway people. There's no people that are without value uh, or meaning. There's no people that are too far away from God that he cannot redeem. There's no, no people that have made so many mistakes that they can't be saved. Every single person on the planet is created in the image of God, and they matter to God. And that's why people matter to us. And the reason why we keep reminding ourselves that people matter is because we live with people. Don't you know some people? Yeah, you know some people. You've had experience with some people. You, you've been betrayed by some people. You, you, they've, they've done some weird things to you. They said some things to you. They looked at you weird. People do the, the worst things, right? And so very often we become judgmental. We begin to cut people off and we begin to isolate ourselves and, and, and we, we start to narrow our perspective and, and our value for people and, and we, we start to, to pick which ones we think that God really loves and we figure those ones that have hurt us, man, somehow they're, they're out of the loop. And I just want to tell you, we have to remind ourselves, people matter and that our call is to love people and that no person on the planet is without value and we as a people of God are called to love them and to care for them and to invite them into the great work of the kingdom of God. Thirdly, we are Holy Spirit led. At Koinonia Church, we believe that the Holy Spirit is alive, he's working, he's available, and he lives inside of all those who are uh, disciples of Jesus Christ, all those who are following him, we now have his Holy Spirit living inside of us. We are the, the temple of God. We're, the, we're housing now the very person of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living inside of you and inside of me. And so there is now, uh, this is what makes us uh, contagious. This is what makes our life exciting. This is what makes it possible for us to hear from God is that the Holy Spirit is actually leading us and guiding us. Fourthly, we believe in transform lives. We do, in fact, believe that God loves every single person exactly where they are and exactly the way they are, but then he actually calls them to grow and to change. He actually wants them to look more and more like Jesus. He's in the business of changing lives. The good news is he doesn't want you to stay the way that you are. He actually has, not only does he want you to change, he gives you the power to change. 
He actually gives you this, his Holy Spirit to give you an ability to overcome those things that you have failed in before, but because of his Spirit, he's actually changing you and transforming you and making you into something that's more and more beautiful. And then lastly, we believe in authentic community, that, that we're actually called to be real people with each other. And the only way that that happens is in the context of relationship. I love church. I love this room. I love all the people that are in this room. And this is a wonderful experience of worshiping together and being together in the house of God. But many times there's not a ton of authentic community that can happen on a Sunday morning service because we're all looking at the back of somebody else's head on Sunday morning. We're all looking up here at, at the stage. And, and, it's, and it's a great thing, but, but many times it's so possible for us to just have this experience of church and not actually ever know each other or reveal who we really are to one another. I, I want you to know that, that Pastor Andrew is not a perfect person, that, that he fights with his wife, that he gets really mad at his kids. I tell you what, if you, want to, if you just want to know that you're not a perfect person, just have some kids. <laughs> They'll cause you to throw yourself down on the ground and cry, God, help me, save me from myself and from these children. None of my kids are in the service, so I could just sort of go on and on this morning about that. I, there has to be, at some level, an honesty about who you are with other people. And the reality is, is that all of us struggle, and we're on this journey. And, and when you are with another person and you begin to sort of unlock who you are a little bit to them, your struggles and the reality of, of, of the, the things that you're going through, what usually happens is that other person goes, really? You too? You, you have doubts, you, you struggle, you have failures. Like, oh, that, that's so encouraging to me. Isn't it wonderful how you can encourage other people by your failures? You know, But it just opens up the door to being authentic and, and to, to know that we are in this thing of following Christ together in a broken world and we're not gonna do it perfectly and it's by his grace that we're saved and it's not because we're perfect people that he decides to love us. It's because he loves us first and then begins to work inside of us and change us. And so let us be authentic. That's why we say get into groups and make sure that you're serving together and begin to open up, have meals with one another and begin to have healthy relationships because that's the way that we begin to grow we begin to change. Now, I want to spend a few minutes this morning with you talking in this idea of a vision for 2024. I want to talk to you about this idea of being a prophetic people. And we've, we've already kind of been talking about this in many ways this morning through the service. But I, I want to talk to you about this idea that the Lord has designed you and me as the people of God to be the kind of people that would hear his voice continuously. And not only that we would hear his voice, but we'd be able to speak his voice out. Now, now, turn with me, if you would, to, to Joel chapter 2, uh, verse 28. You may be familiar with this, this scripture. Uh, and if you want to follow along in your notes online, we always have the notes and the outlines and the verses and everything uh, under our Church Center app. And, and if you don't have that and you're part of Koinonia, I'm going to encourage you, make sure you download the Church Center app. It's on your smartphones and your devices and whatnot. And, uh, and, and that way you'll find out about all of our events, all the dates, all the times. In a moment, I'll be talking about what's happening next weekend. And many times I forget, I mean, sometimes I set the times for the meetings and I don't remember when the meetings are. And, and so I've got to go somewhere to figure out when the meetings are and I go to the church center uh, app to figure out what, what's going on. So I want to make sure that you have that. But under there, you can find our notes for this weekend under the more tab at the bottom. Now, Joel 2.28 says this, it shall come to pass afterward. Now, this is the prophet Joel. He's prophesying in the Old Testament. So this is hundreds of years before Jesus. Uh, and, and he's saying this, it, he's looking forward prophetically into the future, and he says, there's going to come a time afterward 
that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. He's looking to the future, and he says there's something that's going to change. There's something that's going to change in the future where God is actually going to pour out his spirit on everybody. There's, there's, it's as if he, he's standing in, in an area where the Holy Spirit is restricted. The Spirit of God is restricted in his ability to be poured out upon all flesh because he exists in a time where, where there is, uh, it requires blood sacrifice. You have to go to the temple of God and you have to offer the bull and the goat in order for your sins to be covered. And that's where the Holy Spirit of God exists and, and, and he dwells and he's actually restricted from people because people can't stand in the presence of the Lord because people are unclean and God who is perfect and clean being in his very presence would result in us just burning up. And so in order to protect people, God actually covered them and, and restricted his spirit and kept his spirit in a way that they could live with him. That is, they were around the temple and they could come to the temple, but he was not actually, uh, he was not actually available to them in the same way that prop, the prophet Joel is talking about. He said, and so Joel says, man, there's, right now there's a limitation, it seems, on the spirit of God, but there's going to come a day when there's no more limitation. There's going to come a day when you don't have to go to the temple in order to hear God's voice. There's going to come a day when you don't have to go to the temple to experience his presence. There's a day that when, when his spirit is poured out on everyone, the result of that is that they would begin to dream dreams, see visions, and then their sons and daughters would prophesy. In other words, there would be a people that would be so full of the spirit of God that they would overflow with his vision, with his purpose, with his life. That there would be something that would be different upon them. Now, we see in the New Testament that this actually comes to pass. The Apostle Peter, in his first message in the book of Acts, this is on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit falls in the upper room, and, the, and those who are there in the upper room, it says the Holy Spirit fell as in, if in tongues of fire on them. They began to speak in tongues, and they began to speak in language they do not understand, and it says that all those who were around, because the whole city was full of thousands of people because it was a festival weekend, and because this uh, Holy Spirit uh, encounter happened, and he began to fall, and they started to make so much noise, almost like they started to scream and to shout, there was something powerful that was happening in that room. It says that, that the people that were surrounding the upper room began to wonder, are these people drunk? And so Peter gets up after this experience of the Holy Spirit falling, and he preaches his first message. And this is what he says in, in part in Acts chapter 2, verse 15. He says, these people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. He says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. He, he actually looks back into the prophecy I just read that Joel said, in the future, my spirit will be poured out on all flesh. And he says, guys, this is actually the moment. This is the reality of what we, the, the prophet Joel was saying. And here it is, the Holy Spirit, because of the work of Jesus on the cross, who died and resurrected, one sacrifice sufficient forever 
for all the sins of humanity. Now there has been an open door, an open heaven. The very realm of the supernatural has been opened upon all flesh. Everyone that wants to come in can now receive from the Spirit of God. Why? Because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And so now is a new era, is basically what Peter was saying. And it's an era that we live in today, an era where his Spirit is available to us. That we are actually called to be a prophetic people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a prophetic person. Not you're a pathetic person. Not you're a pathetic person. Kyle, come on now. You're a prophetic person. Got to watch you people, I'll tell you what. Now, what does it mean to be a prophetic person? Well, let me just give you a couple definitions. Let me just give you a real, real quick teaching. What is prophecy. Now, we kind of know what prophecy is because we, we hear about the prophecies of Nostradamus or other things. And prophecy is basically like you're telling about something that happens in the future. But when we look at the scripture, the definition of prophecy is more than just telling about something in the future. It has a, a fuller understanding. So let me just give you a quick, uh, a quick definition here. The first uh, definition is, yes, that idea of foretelling, that is telling the future, that when you say that a something will happen in the future, that is prophecy. The second meaning is a foretelling, right? So foretelling is before, but foretelling is now the idea of speaking or writing by divine inspiration. This is actually what a prophet does, is he begins to speak the voice of God. Now, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily uh, uh, about the future, it's not necessarily like predicting something that's going to happen, but rather now it's speaking what God has to say to his people on a specific matter and at a specific time. And then thirdly, it means to speak or to say, to declare or to make known. So when we talk about being a prophetic people, we, it means that we are a people that are able to speak God's word in the moment. God's life-giving plan and his purpose to the kids of God, that he actually has a plan for us and he wants to speak things into us about the good things that he wants to do in our lives. If you were to look at the, the Greek and the Hebrew words, the, the idea is in the Hebrew, the word that's used oftentimes for prophecy is naba. And it, it's this idea of flowing or boiling up or over, bubbling or pouring forth words to gush. That when the prophet would receive a message from the Lord, it would almost be like it would be so... Uh, powerful that they couldn't withstand it, that, the, that they couldn't contain it. They knew they needed to share the word of God. It was so funny. I had two people after the first service tell me, they came to me and they repented. They said, they said Andrew, I, I have to repent. I was supposed to give a word from the Lord this morning, but I resisted it, right? They felt that bubbling up. They, they felt that the Lord wanted to speak to his people, but they, but they resisted. So of course I rebuked them. I kicked them out of the church. So they'll never come back again. Don't worry. We take care of that. There's grace, there's grace, thank God. We learn things, we move forward, it's okay. The, the, the Greek in the New Testament uh, prophecy is described in this way, to say or to speak forth, to declare or to make known. Now, to be prophetic doesn't just mean that you hear the voice of God, there's actually an element of speaking the voice of God out. And, and that's, that's the difference here. We can all hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit, but as we begin to declare with our mouth the things that the Lord wants to do over our lives or our family's lives, over the lives of the church or those that are around us, that's when we begin to become prophetic because now we're beginning to declare, we're cooperating with what God wants to do, what he's decided and, and declared what he wants to do in someone's life by beginning to speak it into being over the life, words of goodness and blessing that he has 
for them. Now, there's four realms of prophecy, just to give you a couple of categories here on how we think about this. There's four realms of prophecy. The highest level of prophecy is the prophecy of Scripture. The prophecy of Scripture is your Bible, Genesis to Revelation. That is, whenever we open up the Word of God, it is the inspired Word of God. That is, it is the highest, every word within the Scripture is prophetic. That is, it is the voice of God to us. And it's powerful because the voice of God is life-giving. Jesus says, I'm the Logos, I am the Word. That, that is literally when we open up the words of Scripture on the page, it contains within it the Spirit of God. There's life that's there that when we begin to eat of it, when we begin to absorb it, read it, think about it, meditate on it, it begins to feed our inner man. See, in the Spirit, His Spirit that begins to speak to our spirit, it begins to feed our spirit, and suddenly we find our faith is increased. We find our expectation is increased. We're reminded, yes, God, you can do things. But we, we, were, we, we lost hope, but as we read Scripture, we see he's a God that brings hope to the hopeless, and our hope begins to be restored, and we have new expectation, and then we're strengthened, and we can move on until the next day, we move on until tomorrow, which is why it's so important for you to be in the Word of God. Because if you're a person of the Spirit, you need spirit food. You need to actually feed yourself from the Spirit of God, and the highest level of the Spirit of God, the, the, the word that we have, the bread of life, is the Scripture. And so you need to know the Scripture, you need to be feeding yourself the Scripture, because it will actually give you life. It is also what we measure every other prophetic utterance by. So anyone, can, anyone that speaks a prophetic word that says to you, thus says the Lord, but you've got to be careful, because when people say, thus says the Lord, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord is speaking, Right? It might mean that they, they're trying to get an extra 20 bucks or something. And, you know, you know there's, there's all kinds of reasons why people say things. So what you have to have is a measuring tool to evaluate whether or not what they're saying is actually from God's spirit or not. The very first measuring tool you use is, is Genesis to Revelation, the, the scripture that we have. And, and if anything that is spoken contradicts the word of God, then we know it ain't the word of God. It ain't thus saith the Lord. And so we say, okay, you must have made a mistake. There, you were in error. Maybe, maybe it was your own human will that was doing that. Maybe it was the pizza that you ate last night that gave you a little bit of indigestion. I mean, the, the scripture actually says in the New Testament, we know in part and we prophesy in part. So when people prophesy and they begin to speak for the Lord, we're not always going to get it right. That's just true. There's no doubt about it. Now, thank God in the Old Testament, if a prophet spoke and he got it wrong, they were supposed to kill the prophet. In the New Testament, Paul says, wait, 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 wait. We know in part, we prophesy in part, so we don't stone people anymore. Instead, we evaluate and we determine whether or not what they're saying is actually from the Spirit of God or not, and we allow them to grow in their gifting. Now, that's the first realm of, of, of prophecy. The second realm is was what we call the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is basically when Jesus shows up in the room, there is there, the spirit of prophecy that is present. That is, he's speaking to his people. And there's the reality that as we come together, that he wants to speak to his kids. And as a matter of fact, he is speaking to his kids. And the spirit of prophecy begins to enable each one of us who are together in the environment where Jesus is being lifted up, that we all begin to be able to hear his voice. It's interesting, when, when we're in a worship service like this this morning, and we're all together, there's something that happens in worship when the people of God really begin to press in to the Lord's presence, we be, really begin to exalt the Lord, it's almost like the water level of the Spirit begins to rise, 
and all of us begin to be sort of carried up a little bit higher than we could normally. See, some of us are not very, like this guy right here, I'm not very uh, sensitized very often to the Spirit of God. I'm just very hard-headed, I'm very logical. I have to get past many times my logical mind in order to, be, to begin to hear the, the Spirit of the Lord. And so it's very useful for me to be in an environment of worship and praise, because as we go up in worship, suddenly I have an easier access to begin to hear God's voice. And what I love about worship services is that we, that happens with many of us, with almost all of us, and then someone will come up, and you've probably experienced it on the stage, someone like Pastor Chad or somebody else will come up and give a word, and it's a word of encouragement of life. They'll, they'll say something like, you know, God wants to set people free this morning. Or God is saying he, he wants to, us to start focusing on him. And everybody goes, man, that's so right on. That's exactly what the Lord is saying. Because all of us have been in an environment that has been bathed in the spirit of prophecy. And, and our, our ears have been opened. And we can hear much more readily because we're in that environment. Anybody can be prophetic in the spirit of, when the spirit of prophecy is present. Anybody can, and that's why Paul says, hey, anybody can prophesy. This is not limited to just a few. This is all to those really that, that, that are in that environment that can begin to speak God's word. Now, there's a third level, I would say, or a third realm, and that is the gift of prophecy. So the spirit of prophecy, right, is, is when it's present, people can begin to hear the voice of the Lord and begin to speak it. The gift of prophecy is a unique gift that I would say resides, or uh, as some people have, right, that, that they actually are gifted in this way. Uh, the New Testament speaks about different kinds of gifts. There's serving gifts, and there's healing gifts, and, and, and there's gifts of, uh, of tongues and interpretation. There's, there's lots of different kinds of, of gifts, gifts of giving. One of them is, is the gift of prophecy. And the gift of prophecy is that ability to speak more regularly from God's voice. So it, it's not necessarily reliant on uh, being in a service together and, and all just sort of being able to prophesy. It's more like this person, no, that, that's actually a spiritual gift that God has given them. And they find it very easy to hear the Lord's voice and begin to speak it uh, in, into certain situations over people's lives. And, and, and so I would say it's the special ability, I'm just going to read this, the special ability that God gives to some members of the body of Christ to receive and communicate an immediate message of God to his people. I thank God for the gift of prophecy because I've had so many times people come to me and say, Andrew, I, I, think, I believe the Lord is saying to you, and they'll say something so very specific and it's so encouraging because it's almost like, it's like, you know, the expression, they read my mail. They, 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 almost like they saw something that was in my heart and they began to speak just the breath of God over that situation or over that thing that was in my heart. And it just began to lift me up. And it's such an encouraging and wonderful thing. If you want the gift of prophecy, I would just say, get around people that have it. Get around people that, that are full of uh, of his life and his word, and they operate in this gift, and, and you'll, you'll discover that you can, you'll learn how to hear God's voice and how to begin to stretch into it. The last thing I just want to say, the fourth realm uh, of the prophetic is, is the office of the prophet. Now, when I, when I say office, I don't mean like it's a, it's a, a place you go and work, like a work-building office, I, but rather it's, it's a role or a position that some people that have the gift of prophecy play within the church. And so in, in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, there is the verse that, that, that says that uh, Christ gave himself uh, to the church. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. We call these the, the five-fold ministry of the church or the five-fold office gifts of the church. This is the way that the Lord builds up a church. He needs a pastor. He needs a prophet. He needs an evangelist. He, he needs an, an apostle. 
and he's a teacher. And these are particular roles that when they are uh, when they're within the local church, there is, an, there is a, an establishment of the local church that strengthens the church and makes it be what is designed to be. Uh, and so I would say, and I've said this before, Pastor Chad, for example, plays the role, uh, has the office of a prophet within this church. Uh, and, and he's a pastor, he's recognized, he's established within this church, he has a prophetic gift, but it, more than just a prophetic gift that he has, he stands in the role of a prophet for Koinonia Church. So whenever other people come in to prophesy, like we'll have this next weekend, or when someone else gives a prophetic word, I'm looking to Pastor Chad as one of those who's, who's evaluating and processing what is being said, because if it doesn't ring true with, with him, then, then we're going to probably you know, say what's going on here with, with the person that gave, with, gave that word. I, I just want to say this. There are many people today that say they are prophets, but they stand outside the church. And they love to call themselves prophets, and they love to make great declarations about this or that, the future, the church, any other thing. But they actually are not in the role, as according to what the scripture says, about what it means to be a prophet in the office of a prophet. They're not actually building the local church. And I would just say there's a problem there. I'm not saying that they don't have a gift. I'm not saying that can never be the case. But there is something about the local church and the way the local church is set up that has structure and that has authority and that requires us to be in submission to each other. If I come up here and say something and Chad says, Pastor Andrew, he, he would just probably say to me, Andrew, because if I said something wrong, he'd be like, you forget the pastor part. He'd say, Andrew, you screwed up, man. What in the world, what kind of theology were you talking about this weekend? Now I'm going to say, yeah, let's talk about it because we have submission here where we're going to listen to one another and vice versa. So we're not going to, we don't just allow people to say whatever they want to say anytime and then just ignore it because they got excited or something. No, we actually have a local church here that we're building and we're going to do it in the way that God has designed us to do. Now, now I'm spending too much time here, so let, let, me, let me just do this. I, I want to say, what does a prophetic church look like? A prophetic church looks like this, and we see it in the New Testament, all over the page of the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts. A prophetic church is one where prophets travel and minister in different churches, where they give words to churches and individuals, they affirm and release people into ministry, they function alongside the apostolic ministry. A prophetic church is one where the voice of God is heard regularly and it encourages and strengthens the body of Christ to be who God has designed them to be. Now, um, let me just keep going, Andrew. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Let me just say this. This is what Paul says about the prophetic. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Would you say those three words? Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. When we talk about the prophetic at Koinonia Church, that is what the prophetic is to do in this house. It is to strengthen it is to encourage, and it is uh, to comfort. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I want that. I want to be strengthened. I want to be encouraged. I want to be comforted. That's what the prophetic is designed to do. We get nervous sometimes because we have seen bad examples of the prophetic. We or we're worried that what the prophetic means is that someone's going to stand up and they're going to expose all of our sins in front of everybody else, and they're going to call us out, and they're going to embarrass us, and they're going to condemn us, and they're going to do things that are ugly. I want to tell you, that that's not what the prophetic is designed to do in the New Testament, and that's not the way that we're going to use the prophetic in this house. The prophetic is used to strengthen, 
to encourage, and to comfort. Let me read this statement. A healthy prophetic church is where the Holy Spirit enables the prophet to see facts in relation to God's purposes and to report that information in such a way that the church might be built up and people find their God-given destiny. That's what we want. That's what I want. The reason I want the prophetic in, in an operation in our church is because it helps people find their God-given destiny. It encourages them to keep going. It inspires them that God is speaking to them, he loves them, and he sees them. The prophetic at its best, it, it, it actually tells the individual, God sees you exactly where you are, he loves you, he knows all the details of your situation, and he cares enough to be able to speak into your life and to, and, and to actually give you hope for what he's gonna do in the future. That's the kind of environment that we are seeking to create in this place and that we expect uh, for the prophetic to, to operate within. Now, having said that, the reason I sort of lay that foundation is because I do want to encourage you to be a part of the Prophetic Summit next weekend. Uh, because what we're doing is we're inviting in uh, two different prophets. We did this last year. I've kind of set it on the calendar. We would do it every year. Uh, now, we have prophetic people within our church. We have a group of people called the Prophetic Council that have recognized gifts of the prophetic. Uh, and so we're building within this house a healthy process to make sure that we have active people who are operating within this gift in a healthy uh, way that is uh, under authority and in submission, doing it correct so that we're not, so we don't have a bunch of people walking around telling who to marry who or who to loan money to or manipulating people. I mean, people do all kinds of crazy things with the prophetic. We're not, we're not looking for people to walk around and say, you know, declare over people garbage. That, that's, that's not what this is about. But, but we are interested in actually hearing the mind of God and the voice of God and creating an environment where that can happen. So next weekend is one of the ways that we do that. I've invited uh, two different pastors who have recognized prophetic giftings, uh, Pastor Jerusha Tanner uh, from uh, up in Portland, and then Pastor Patrick Kitely, and uh, he's actually in Texas right now. I'm excited to introduce them to you next weekend. They're two wonderful people. Uh, I've sat under their ministry. I've been received uh, prophetic ministry from Jerusha, my wife and I both, and, and um, you're going to be blessed by them next weekend. They're going to come. They're going to speak a word over the church. They're gonna, we're going to speak over a word over a number of individuals that we're going to set into ministry or who are going through different seasons in their life and we believe that the, the Lord wants to speak to them. They're going to call people sometimes out of the audience and, and give a word uh, to you at times. And I want you to be expectant and ready for what God is going to do because it will be a season, I believe next weekend will be a significant season of encouragement for Koinonia Church. And, and I want to invite you to be there because even if you don't receive an individual word, the Lord is going to speak to you. And it's incredible how it happens because as you see other people being ministered to, not only are you inspired by how much God loves them, but then he begins to speak to you about how much he loves you. And the spirit of prophecy really is present. He'll begin to speak some things in your life. This is what I want to do as an example of that. Uh, I'm going to just show a quick video of, uh, of last year what this looks like. And it's about a minute and a half long. And then I'm going to invite Paul Perez, the guy that you're going to see on the video, who gets ministered to, to actually tell you about what the experience was after that of receiving that. So check this video out. There's words written over your head. It says gifted, talented, and anointed. Uh, and you know the funny thing about it, you don't even realize to the degree that all that's in your life. Because God says, when I made this one, I made a man that I've put deep into the presence of my glory to bring forth something in this age in which he lives. 
There's been times where you've started things in your life and you've started and stopped. There's been this hesitation many times in your life where you've started things, you've stopped them, you've not finished things. But tonight God says, son, I'm going to put a finisher's anointing on you, a finisher's grace on you. You're going to complete the assignments. There'll be no more stagnation. God's moving. I see angels picking up blocks from uh, out of your path. The enemy set blocks in your path so you couldn't move smoothly. They're being lifted up right now in the name of Jesus. And the Lord says, son, I'm going to do a work not only in you, but I'm going to do a work in your family. I'm going to do a work in the family, even those that you've been praying. I'm going to ask Paul to come up. He, listen, they continued to, to minister over him for a few minutes, uh, and it was incredible the, the level of, of detail that they began to go into, into Paul's life. They would tell certain things that I knew were true about him, but that nobody else knew. They certainly didn't know. Uh, and, and it was just like the Lord was saying to him, I see you, son. I love you. I have a plan for you and begin to speak that to him. What was that like for you, Paul? Tell us. Right, so the, the prophetic summit last year was a life-changing experience. Uh, as the prophets had taught that that prophetic word is meant to, to push you into something, but also to go on the other side and pull you into your destiny and into your purpose. Um, as the prophets were speaking, I didn't hear them. I felt like God was affirming me. Uh, I heard the, the Holy Spirit speaking through the prophets. Uh, some key takeaways, God said that I was gifted, talented, and anointed. Uh, they saw angels picking up blocks from out of my path that the enemy had set so that I could walk forward. And uh, I was tripping up in my shame that uh, from mistakes that I made before I came to Christ. Uh, and this word let me release the shame and walk into the grace that God had freely given me. Um, Growing up, I always had low self-esteem, and that night, God affirmed that I was chosen, and he broke down many of the strongholds the enemy had set up in my life. Uh, the spirit of rejection was removed from my life that night. Amen. As I went home and continued to pray in the spirit, uh, it was though God had shifted something in my mind and my life. I truly believe that if God, I truly believe that night that if God be for me, then who could be against me? And that he made me and he doesn't make mistakes. And he says the same of you. He says that you're chosen. He says you're loved. You're his masterpiece. Amen. Throughout the prophetic weekend, uh, I was looking around the, the sanctuary and as, as people were receiving words on, sta on the stage, I saw people in the audience begin to receive words, and the Holy Spirit was dropping words in people's hearts and minds, and God was shifting something. So I believe by faith that as we come this weekend, come expectant, come expectant. The world says, the world says don't get your, your hopes up, but come, get your hopes up and come expectant, because by faith, God will change lives this weekend. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. So good. Let me, let me end with this. How, how do I want you to prepare uh, for the prophetic summit? And, and more generally, this, how do you prepare yourself to hear from the Lord? There's these three things. First of all, you need to believe that God wants to speak to you. In just a moment, the music's going to start to come up, and they're going to begin to drag me off the stage. Um, but you need to believe that God wants to speak to you. God actually wants to speak to you. He is speaking to you. He's given you access to the throne room. He, he actually has a plan for your life. Don't, don't have doubt in your heart that the Lord has a good word for you. 
You know, there's something that you have to do in terms of working in your heart to actually open your ears to have that expectation that he actually does, in fact, have a word for you. Secondly, I, I want you to, to this week create an atmosphere of faith and expectation in your heart. Each one of us carries an atmosphere inside of ourselves. Some people, when they walk into the room, the atmosphere they carry just brings the whole room down. You just go, wow, what happened to this room? You know, some, something, something, something happened. Well, because the atmosphere that we carry as people is something that invades the space around us. And we determine what our atmosphere is. You determine what your atmosphere is. And you can build an atmosphere of faith and expectation, or you can build an atmosphere of doubt and, 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 and um, what I would, would call like uh, criticism, where you're thinking, I don't really know if God, if this is all something from the Lord or not. And, and there, there's something that we can do inside of ourselves that actually prepares our personal atmosphere to hear from God's voice. And when we do that work of beginning to, to build faith and expectation, you know, saying, Lord, you do wanna speak to me. Not only do you wanna speak to someone else, you wanna speak to me and you wanna speak to this church. And you, you're a God that is a God that, that gives people a word in due season. You're a God who, who, who strengthens people because of your word. You're a God who begins to step into situations and, and bring life and, into impossible situations, help people overcome things that they haven't been able to overcome. And see, when we come with expectation, then it begins to change something in the very atmosphere. So this, this coming weekend, as you come to the services, come with expectation. God's here. God's alive. God's going to speak. He's going to strengthen some people. He's going to encourage people. Not only that, he's going to give me a word. He's going to actually speak something into my heart. And thirdly, I, I want to ask you this as, as a part of Koinonia Church. I want to ask you to pray and to fast in anticipation of next weekend. Now, next weekend, there's, there's a, a number of things happening. Friday night, we're meeting with leaders. On Saturday morning, we're having a workshop at 930. Everybody's invited to come to that. You can register online. You'll learn about the prophetic and learn how to hear God's voice. Come out to that. It'll be fantastic. On Saturday evening at 630 here in this room, we're having a general service. You want to be in that service. You want to invite people to that service. Invite some of your friends and neighbors who, who need encouragement, who, who need life. This is going to be an atmosphere in this house that God is speaking, and you're gonna, you're gonna see that you're gonna be encouraged and you're gonna be strengthened and, and you don't wanna miss that. But the, the way that we prepare for that is we begin to ask God now, Lord, would you do something? Would you speak to us? Would you, would you build our faith? Would you, would you begin to, to open the doorway? Would you set the people in the house that need to be there? Would you, would you speak, Lord, to your, your prophets that are coming in? This is what I wanna ask you to do Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, I would just ask you to put on your calendar those as fast days. Now, when I say fast days, this is what I mean. I mean seeking the Lord intentionally during those days. Uh, now, you might restrict yourself from some kind of food, maybe skip a meal and pray instead, uh, uh, fast for 24 hours. There's lots of different ways that you can fast. You can, you can decide. Uh, one of the ways that you can fast, for example, is, is you eat simpler food. You don't go all out. You don't, you don't have dessert. You, you sort of restrict yourself in that way as a reminder that I'm pulling myself back from the things of this world to focus on the things of the Spirit. And so our body is flesh, and so when we feed the flesh, it needs to be fed, yes, of course, but when we begin to restrict the flesh and restrict our bodily intake, our body goes, what's going on? And our spirit goes, hello, somebody, I'm here and I wanna receive, and we begin to seek the Lord. You, you might also restrict your activities. 
You might not watch uh, TV or movies or go on and do all the things that you would normally do. Why? Because you're saying, Lord, I want to meet with you. And actually, so I'm going to cut some other things out of my calendar to make adequate space for you in my calendar. See, that, that's actually setting yourself apart for his, for his purposes. Uh, and I think many times we do so many things that we come into church services exhausted and we can't actually hear God's voice because it takes us most of the service just to quiet down because we've been so buzzing from so many different things. And by the time the end of the service comes, it's about the time that we can actually hear what the Lord has to say because we've been so full of so many other voices and other activities. And so one of the ways that you can prepare yourself is you start to restrict yourself from some other activities. You go to bed a little bit earlier. You, you sleep a little bit longer. You, you rest a little bit more. So when you come into the house of God, you come into the house of God ready to receive rather come than coming to the house of God so ragged and exhausted because you've been out doing all the things, and not necessarily all bad things, but sometimes they are, uh, all the things, and, and then you come in, oh, God, speak to me. No, 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 come ready to hear from God because you've actually prepared a place in your heart for him. And then just begin to seek him, especially on those days, just begin to ask him, Lord, would you meet with us? Lord, would you talk to us? Lord, would you open our ears? Lord, we want to be a people that, that is a prophetic people, that, that, is, that we would never go anywhere without hearing your voice, that we'd actually hear clearly. We, we don't want to get into, into things that, that are, are not important. We want to get into the key issues. We want to hear from you in the name of Jesus. Would you do that with me this week? Would you, should you set yourself apart for that purpose? Would you stand to your feet? Let me just pray for you and give you a blessing. Lord Jesus, go ahead and bow your head. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your voice. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you, God, that you have actually poured out your spirit upon all flesh. Thank you, Lord, that today your life, your vision, your dreams, and your purposes are available to us. Thank you, God, that we're not forgotten. We're not orphans, but we're actually sons and daughters. We're priests in the house of God. Thank you that these people that I'm talking to right now, Lord, are set apart for your purposes. They're world changers. They're people who can hear your voice. They're people who have the spirit of God on them. They're people who are the head and not the tail. And Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus over their lives, even as they go out this week, that they, God, will go in the power of your spirit, that your voice would follow them, that you would establish their steps, that you give them strength for what is to come. God, I thank you that they are a people of prophetic power and insight because why your spirit is on them. I declare over them dreams and visions and purposes for the future. Lord, that they're not lost, they're not wandering around, but they have a purpose from the spirit of God. Would you infuse them now? Cover their homes in the name of Jesus with your presence. Cover their kids. I, oh God, I pray. Would you cause them to be so full of your presence that they couldn't help, Lord, but run and, and your purposes. Oh, Jesus, establishes their, establish their footsteps, I pray, in your precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can join us in person on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. or online at the same times, including Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m visit our website at kchanford.com. Koinonia Church, where we are igniting contagious faith in the one God who restores all.